0: This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: It's an honor to be here, honor to be a part of uh, what God's doing in this place. I have one thing on my heart um, this morning, and I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, a little tongue-tied right this second because I just... The goodness of God is so strong in this place. Um, I was going to tell you some jokes, but I'm not going to tell you the, the jokes, right? I just, we're just going to, you all right? We'll laugh along the way. It's all right. I had a good zombie joke, but for another time. He works all things for good. It's not what he does, it's who he is. He's the relentless redeemer. I've never had something on my heart so strong that was um, so um, introduced throughout the service from the songs to Vic getting up here. So I just, I do feel weightiness. I have one thing on my heart. It's less a message and one one thing that I want to push at. But I'm going to start uh, in Psalm 23. I, 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 uh, I was... How many know Keith Green? you familiar with Keith Green? Yeah. I grew up with Keith Green. And uh, this is the song. The Lord is my shepherd,
0: I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know it? He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. God's my path, in righteousness for his name's sake. This is the line. Surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And ever. And surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever.
1: This is a song by David. Psalm 23, it's probably his most famous psalm. I, as I was preparing and, uh, for this morning, uh, I found myself singing this song, and every time I'd sing it, I would feel the goodness of God just flow over me. And, and I felt like it was, the, it was the message for this morning. It was the thing that he wanted to go at. David... Um, and so we talk about David. Vic gets up here and he talks about, he just kind of lays out what I'm, is on my heart this morning. But David, you know, probably my favorite dude in the Old Testament. And I love Psalm 23 because Psalm 23 to me is, is like, it's like his masterpiece of encapsulating uh, what he believes and, and, and who, who God is and who he is and what he believes and I, and I think you could, you could take all of David's theology, all of us have a theology, amen? Uh, theology is just our thought about God, even atheists have a theology, it's a short one. But I'm a relational theologian, so I'm only interested in, in the context of intimacy and, and family, amen? And, uh, and David had this theology, and I think that if you wanted to know what his theology was, you could encapsulate it in that one line. Surely goodness and love and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He said, listen, I don't know about anything else, but I know surely goodness and love and kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I love Psalm 23 because it's, this, it's David sharing with us in a very concise uh, way what he does in a lot of his psalms a lot of the psalms are by david david is is known as a man after God's own heart, and a lot of the Psalms are by him, and, and they always kind of start with, if, if most of them, have, they have this rhythm. If you read through them, they start with who God is, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. It, it, it's this declarative thing that happens by David. He starts these Psalms, and he tells you who God is, and then if you know David well, and you read him well, there's always this woe is me moment that happens in the Psalm, right? There's this like, and my enemies surround me, and and they want to destroy me and they oppress me and, and he's talking about and so there's this moment where he starts it's, it's typically what happens which is what happens in, in Psalm 23 he starts with who God is and how he feels about him and, then, and his place with God and then it moves from there into this woe is me and then at the end it always ends with but he's good and he's a champion and I trust him. You know the Psalms? Let's read Psalm 23. Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides my paths in righteousness for his name's sake. This is what happens. This is what I love about this psalm. David says, this is who he is, and I follow him, and he's good. He says, he leads me. He guides me. He restores my soul. And so he's, 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 he's declaring these things. He's saying, the Lord is good. I follow him. He's good. I follow him. He leads me besides still waters. He's good. I follow him. And then there's this shift that takes place in actual language. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. He leads me. He's good. And I'm following him. Surely, goodness and love. That's my theology. He leads me. He's good. And I'm following him. I'm following him. I'm following him. And I'm in a valley. Life has valleys. But the the, the amazing thing about David is that the language changes. He says, he leads me. He guides me. Even though I... Even though I find myself in the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, and the language shifts again. From the declarative he at the beginning to the intimacy of, for your rod and your staff that comfort me, and you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, my cup runs over. You know it, my head with oil, my cup runs over. You know it. And then here's the line. Surely, goodness and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. He only has goodness and loving and kindness for me all the days of my life. And that's why I can follow him. I can follow him. I can follow him find myself in a valley give him no credit for the valley and have access to intimacy in the valley see his theology his foundational perspective was that he only has goodness and love for me david you know david had a glimpse of grace he operated in grace and 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 uh grace is god's perspective god's reality it's the empowerment of when we see like he sees. And David had a little bit of a connection to this. He, had this. he had this strong belief, this strong conviction all the time that God was good. And that when it came to David, now he, he didn't get it all right, but when it came to David, he didn't have Jesus yet, but when it came to David, there was only goodness and love. And he wouldn't be moved from this. And because of this, he could follow God and almost outside of logic, find him, declare I'm following him. He's good. I find myself in a valley and I don't put that at his feet because he only has goodness and love for me. Valleys exist in life. The shadow of death exists in life, but I do not put that at his feet. And because I don't put that at his feet, I have access to intimacy. Why? Because you have intimacy with someone you can trust and you can trust someone who is always for you. And so in the valley, David has access to something that is most profound. And, and, and this morning we sang it, this is how I fight my battles. The reality is I, I got a friend, and my friend is big on the armor, putting on all the armor. He loves to put on the armor. And I, I love the teachings on the armor. I was at a men's group a couple of weeks back, and he was, he was taking us through putting on the armor. Great principles in the armor. But I would like to propose that our greatest warfare is our intimacy. David is in the presence of his enemies. And you know what he does? He eats. He has intimacy with God. He's not offended by God. And so in this place, he has access to intimacy. I would like to propose that warfare is actually intimacy on display. I believe in the armor, but the armor is, is, the teaching on the armor is meant to, to, to give us some understanding of what our intimacy looks like. So I'm not... I'm not a big, I don't have time for the enemy. I, any, anytime anybody starts talking to me and they start with what the enemy's up to, they've already dropped in my, I, I, I mean, I still see them, I still value them, but they've already dropped in my, uh, I, I, my sense of, um, the sense of influence they're going to get in my life. Is that a nice way of saying it? Anybody who wants to explain what hell's like but has no evidence of heaven is somebody that doesn't have a very big voice in my life. Anybody that wants to define to me what the, what the lie is but they don't know the truth doesn't know what they're talking about. This is how I fight my battles. Surely goodness and love and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oops, I'm in a valley. And in the valley, hey, enemy, let me put my intimacy on display. Yeah. Sure. i got a lot of time for him. I think there's brilliant strategies. But I'm most passionate about how, who he is and how he feels about. David, uh, he says, anoint my head with oil. He says, you prepare a table before me <clears throat> in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Whenever you read about oil being anointed, or heads being anointed, or anointing oil in the Bible, it's three things. It's blessing, or it's abundance. It represents that. It also represents the promise of the call of God. That you've been set apart. David's in the valley. And he's, he's noting in the valley, because of his intimacy, because of his connection, he's not only noting, he's noting three things. He's saying, I am blessed. I have a call. I have been set apart. And then anointing also represents the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, intimacy. Jesus sleeps in a storm because where he was, there was no storm. Yeah, right. yeah. Because he was intimate. He was one with the Father. Yeah. He also stands up on a storm and doesn't shout at the storm. Mm-hmm. He doesn't put his armor on first. <laughs> he never took it off. Because it's about his oneness with the Father. And so he speaks to the storm. Because he has authority over the storm. Amen? And this is how he fights his battles. I had one thing on my heart for this morning. I have this one scripture. Second Corinthians twelve. We we um <clears throat> uh, yeah. <coughs> uh. We we have this children's song we sing.
0: We all know it. Jesus loves me, this I know. Right.
1: And then there's this this line in the verse that says,
0: I am weak, but he is strong.
1: And, uh, yeah, sure, that's true. (laughs) It's not rocket science. He's the creator, I'm the created. So, uh, that's that's a good thing to say. It's a good thing to teach my kids. But, uh, That's actually not why Jesus came. He didn't come to show us how weak we were and how strong he is. We know that. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul, he tells a story about a thorn that's been given to him by the enemy makes it very clear the thorn has been given to him by the enemy. Then he says this. He says, uh, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. The passion says, my grace is more than enough. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, this is Paul, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, and insults, and hardships, and persecution, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. My daughter, uh, Eva, Eva Blaze. We have, uh, we have this saying in our house that we, we've used for years. At this point, I have an almost 20-year-old, 17-year-old, and a 12-year-old, so it's not getting used as much. You know, I've got some young adults in my house, but, but when they were younger, we would use this phrase, we would say to them, uh, whenever they were acting outside of what they were called to or designed to be, we would say to them, change the way which is the definition of repentance. Change the way you think. And they knew because I'd been teaching, because I do that with my kids. Sometimes they, do, they check their watch whenever I, <laughs> when I start to get on a roll, test out the new material. <laughs> but I... Uh, we would we would teach them that change the way you think is the word is the definition for repent and it's the greatest gift that he gave us in the sense that you can live your whole day and constantly agree with how he thinks change the way you think and think like he thinks right it's an about face and so we would say to our kids change the way you think, and when they were little, we would, we would actually, what we were saying was repent. But repent isn't a, isn't a heavy word at our house. Repent is, is, a, is a love word. It's one of those beautiful opportunities to say, oh, I am having an a, a inferior thought right now. I should have a, a superior thought. Let me get my thoughts in align with his thoughts, and that will go a whole lot better for me. And for everyone around me. And so we love the word, repent. So we would say, change the way you think. Well, but when they were little, we would say, change the way. And she was two. She was on the floor, and she'd been caught in a lie. And she doesn't like to be wrong. And it was obvious that she'd been caught. She doesn't like to get caught. Her personality is such. She's a good girl. And so she's there on the floor, even at two years of age. And she's crying, and, and she's, she's having a hard time making eye contact with mom. Mom got on the floor with her, changed the honey, honey. She's being stubborn. You need to change the way. Normally, she'd say, you think, and you know we would start to move on. Well, she's on the floor. Now, uh, there's a piece of information you have to know. She had gotten a necklace from her aunt, and it had a little wood, uh, little wood uh, thing on it, and it was writing on it. It said, I'm a world changer uh, on, her, on her necklace. And so uh, Karen was on the floor, and she said, honey, you need to change the way. You need to change... Eva, look at me, you need to change. And all of a sudden, she gets clever. She just, she shifts. She, she does this thing where she turns around and she puts this big old smile on her face and she looks at mom and she says, the world? <laughs> and my wife starts laughing because she's two and it's cute, right? And she says, she, she stops and she thinks, and she's relaying this to me that night. She stops and thinks, she goes, exactly, yes. Because when you change the way you think, will become a world changer that's right yeah. see my passion as a parent isn't that my kids know the consequences of lying my passion for my kids isn't that my that they behave my passion for my kids is that they know how the father sees them See, my daughter isn't a liar, so the goal as a parent isn't to teach her the consequences of lying. The goal as a parent isn't to give her more rules to manage manage her weakness. The goal as a parent is to release grace, father's perspective, who she is in Christ, the empowerment of how he sees her. Honey, you're a truth teller. See, my goal isn't to raise a child that when the child is weak, the child is weak. My goal is to raise a child that understands that when I am weak, I am strong. Jesus didn't come to give us access to his strength He came to show uh, and and our weakness. Of course, he came to give us access to his strength, but he didn't come to keep us weak. He came to give us grace, the revelation of who he is and how he sees us so that we could live confident in his affection, find ourselves in a valley and not put anything on that of the valley on him. And in the middle of this valley, in the middle of these persecutions, in the middle of these difficulties, in the middle of these hardships, be able to say, when I am weak, then I am strong. I can actually be here, and my strength is actually because of who he is, who he says I am. I am not weak in this moment in the sense that I'm going to revel in weakness. I'm actually strong. Amen? Amen. See, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm a singer-songwriter. That was my background. I haven't done it in a while. Had a band for years. I'm an artist. What I'm trying to say is I, artists, they, they, think, they think that authenticity is how you feel. You know? They think that authenticity is uh, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. I don't know an artist that doesn't love that line. We become enamored with it. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Check my life out. I got the evidence. And you've just made your feelings the gospel. You know what authenticity is? Transformation. Authenticity isn't when I'm weak, he is strong. Authenticity is when I'm weak, I am strong. Because he purchased that. teach on grace, and, and, and uh, whenever I teach on grace, um, I typically spend time going after our new nature. I didn't feel this morning to spend a lot of time there. I had one, one foundational thought in the last two days, and whenever I had a moment, I would push into it. And the thought was, when I'm weak, I'm strong. You see, grace, mercy, uh, uh, very quickly, mercy Mercy covers our sins. Mercy is when you don't get what you've earned through your behavior. Make sense? But grace is his reality. It's what Jesus purchased for us at the cross. Grace is his perspective of us in Christ Jesus. Grace is you're no longer a sinner. You're dead to sin. You're alive to Christ. Amen? The reality is we're not prone to wander anymore. We're saints of the highest one. Anything other than that, Belittles what he did at the cross. Jesus didn't come just to give us forgiveness. He always empowers who he forgives. And he's looking for a church who can follow him, find themselves in a valley, not be offended. Put their intimacy on display. Jesus Jesus always, always revealed love as mercy and grace. Always empowered him who he forgave. He came to show us. The Father came to show us what it looks like to live confident in, in his perfection, in his love, in his perfect love. He came to show us this confidence, this strength in the midst of our circumstances. He came to give us freedom. What is freedom? Freedom is is the ability to eat in the middle of 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 a wilderness or in the middle of a valley. To not be affected by the valley itself. There's valleys. We've all tasted them. Years ago, I had a friend, a prophetic friend, came to my house for dinner. We were in a really tough season. As he was walking out the door, he said, hey, just casually. He said, hey, by the way, I had a vision of you. It was all yours. And he said, he said, I saw this fire. And he said, I saw this fellow walking up to the fire. And he looked in the fire, and then he kept walking. He said, I saw the second guy came. The second guy walked up to the fire. He looked into the fire, and then he jumped into the fire, And then he quickly, just as quickly jumped out and kept walking. He said, the third guy was you. He said, I saw you. You walked up to the fire. You looked into the fire. You jumped into the fire. And you set up camp. I love you, buddy. See you tomorrow. (laughs) Seriously, he was walking out the door. And that's what he says to me as he leaves the door. I love you, buddy. See you tomorrow. And I'm... I'm like, thanks, bud. Yeah. Come over anytime. <laughs> Very quickly got answered. I, I was standing there, and I, I remember I was standing there, and I was like, because I'm like, well, yeah, it feels like I'd be the idiot that would jump. Because I'm thinking, what are you describing, the mor- a moron? Like, what, what are you doing? Why, what did you just? Do? So I literally, I'm like, God, before I can get the question out, he says, Jason, you jumped in the fire, because I'm in the fire. So I'm going to come out not even smelling like smoke. That is the word over this house. That we would be a people. That whatever happens, we could come out and we don't even smell like smoke. Jesus is... Uh, on his way into, hmm, I forget, where does Nicodemus live? Doesn't matter, it's a town somewhere in Israel. It's not the point. Remember, I'm a relational theologian, not an academic one. That's the other reason right there. I've been in Charlotte 14 years. I know the name of five roads. but I can get you anywhere. Jesus is walking into Jericho. Thank you very much. It says so right here. In Luke 19. (laughs) That's right. I learned that in Bible college. I've got a good zombie joke at some point, though. And there's this wee little sinner up in a tree. You know the song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, wee little man. Right? You know the song? You just got to put the scripture to music, and then I got it. I love that song because I love that the, the, the writer felt that it was necessary to explain that Zacchaeus was so small that he needed two words to describe it. You know, we and little, like we wasn't enough. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy was so small that we had to put little on behind the we, just in case somehow you weren't aware of his stature. He's a short man, which is why he was in the tree. And Zacchaeus, of course, Zacchaeus was known to be a sinner. He was known to be um, un- unjust. He stole. He was a tax collector, so he stole. Uh, he, was, he was known uh, to be... Yeah, just a thief. And and so here's what happens. You know the story. Jesus sees him, and Jesus says to Zacchaeus, he says, Hey, Zacchaeus, uh, climb out of that tree, you dirty, rotten sinner. You remember? You remember the story? You remember it. You remember. He was like, I'm going to your house. You don't deserve it, you rat. You remember how he said that? And then he he took him... He put his arm over him like he had to get down low to do it. And he put him in a headlock and he gave him a noogie. He's like, you deserve worse than this, you rascal. Remember on the way to Zacchaeus' house? You remember the disciples? They had tracks that looked like money. said turn or burn on one side and money on the other. And they were handing them out willy-nilly, you know? You remember? You remember that? Now, here's what happens. Jesus goes to Zacchaeus's house, and all along the way, he's revealing mercy and grace. Mercy, he's saying, hey, you don't deserve this. But that's not the point. Grace is the other thing that says, by the way, how you're acting, that's not who you are. But not once does he say anything. Listen, Zacchaeus has lived under the... Um, The judgment and the condemnation of an entire city is Jericho, an entire city. (laughs) I looked it up. He had had an entire city condemning him, judging him, shaming him. He'd been stealing from them. That doesn't change a person because Zacchaeus was weak. And then Jesus comes along and he doesn't shame him. He doesn't condemn him. He doesn't do anything other than release mercy. Hey, you don't deserve my presence, but I'm coming to your house. And then grace. And you know how we know that he got grace? Because there's this moment where in the middle of the party, Zacchaeus has to interrupt what's going on to stand up and blurt out, hey guys, I just got a revelation. I am not a small person. I am a wildly generous person. It says that he actually blurts out I'm going to return four times anything I've stolen and give half of what I have to the poor. Jesus told us that a rich man entering the kingdom of heaven is like a a camel going through the eye of a needle. It's a big deal. This was a miracle. This was a big deal. This was transformation. This was authenticity. This wasn't a man standing there going, when I'm weak, I'm weak. You know, I'm, I'm weak. That's how I am. But he's strong. Nice to have him here. Maybe I'll try and be strong while he's here. And then we'll go back to trying to survive again. Because mercy is what we had before Jesus came, except for those who had access to something was bleeping. Did you hear that? Mercy. <laughs> Squirrel. Mercy. Mercy is what we had here. Mercy is you don't get what you deserve. And it's a whole lot of behavior involved. But Jesus said, listen, I came to show you your original value. I came to restore you back to before the garden. I came to give you access to your identity. The fact that you're no longer a sinner, that you are a saint of the highest one, that you are dead to sin, alive in Christ, that you are not weak and, and, and just weak, that when you are weak, you are actually strong, that circumstances do not determine how you navigate because I'm always good. And so he says to to Zacchaeus, he's hanging out with Zacchaeus, and all of a sudden Zacchaeus gets a revelation. of of He gets forgiven, and wow, not only forgiven, but he gets empowered. And he repents. He changes the way he thinks. He sees himself the way the Father sees him. (sighs) I'm a generous man. Of course I am. I've been given this ability to make wealth so I can give it away. Of course I am. That's how my father sees me. I'm not a weak man. In my weakness, I have strength. <laughs> Young lady came into a Starbucks years ago. I was learning. I was learning this. Old. It's 12.15. She came into Starbucks, and uh, she was uh, pretty beat up. I'd known her for years, and Starbucks is one of the places I love to hang out. So I was, I was on my corner and saw her, got up, gave her a hug, stood with her in line. Sometimes I'd just stand with people in line and get her coffee, and we were talking, and uh, she starts, I could see she was heavy. And she starts uh, ask, telling me about her life. And it, it hit heavy. She said, you know I, this, in the last week and a half, I've had, she said, I got a, a, a boyfriend thing, a relational thing that looks like that's coming to a close. She said, you know, I, um, my, I just lost my job. And so I'm trying to figure out this financial thing. And all of a sudden, I'm financially tight. And, and then she said, and third, she said, Sickness in my family. And uh, I said, oh, man, I'll tell you what. Let me pray for you. So I said, come on, look over to the corner and go sit at the table. I said, okay. I said, you know what, let's just, let me just pray. Because, you know, there's, there's no poverty in heaven. Right? So I can pray for that. There's no sickness in heaven. I can pray for the sickness in your family. And, and God has all the wisdom on relationships. He gets it. So I can pray for that, too, right? Like, I can pray for all these things. She's like, yeah, I really need prayer. I, I, I really need prayer. She was really defeated. And I said, okay, well, go ahead. Just assume the position. And So, you know, in Starbucks. I had her standing there like this, right, in Starbucks. She's fine. We're fine. And uh, so I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm about to pray for her, and God says, what are you doing? Kind of like that tone, too. He's like. What are you doing? Uh well I was thinking I'd pray for her. <laughs> what are you thinking? Says, you know, I just told you all that stuff. Remember, all the legal stuff in heaven. Just gonna pray those things. What are you doing? I said, all right, well, what's what you thinking? And he said, Tell her how I see her. Oh wow. I went, Oh, that's a way better idea. I'm tracking with you now. All right. She's still standing there like this, starting to, you know, get a little uncomfortable in Starbucks. And I'm talking to God about, how,
0: how, how do you see her,
1: God? And he's telling me how I sees her, and I'm like, oh, that's good. That's really good. So I start to tell her. She finally opens her eyes, realizes I'm not praying for her right now. I'm, and I begin to I give, give her a word. Now listen, there's some prophetic elements to this word. But at the end of the day, everyone in this this room could give this word. I said, I want to tell you something. The Father sees you as righteous. I want to tell you that the Father sees you as an overcomer. The Father says he's given you wisdom and you've stewarded it well. The Father says, and I began to speak to her about her identity. What I was doing was I was releasing grace. I began to tell her who she was. Some of it had a little bit of a prophetic uh, insight to it, but at the end of the day, you could look at the Bible, you could look at the life of Jesus, and you could speak over somebody who they are. Grace is the ability to see somebody in Christ, whether they're acting like it or not, and call that out of them. Amen? And so that's what I began to do. I began to speak into them who I began to speak into her who she was. I began to tell her who she was. I only talked for about a minute and a half, but I watched a woman who was defeated go from defeat to overcoming. And then she had to pray. And when she started to pray, she prayed powerful prayers that were bigger than any of my prayers. Why? Because when you're weak, you are strong when you know who you are in Him. Amen? And I watched it happen before my very eyes. I watched somebody come into a revelation of who He is and who they are. And at that point, be able to then speak to the things in their own life. And she was able to display her intimacy for the enemy. That's warfare. Yes. Yes. See, my passion is this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a people that say this?
0: Surely goodness and loving and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of God.
1: who know that, who've made that their foundation, they find themselves in the valley, and they say, <clears throat> I can say this, I delight in weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, difficulties. Why? Because they don't have any hold on me. All they do is reveal my end. Because when I'm weak, I'm strong. Why? Three times I prayed, and he said, Hey, I appreciate that you've prayed three times. My grace, it answered the question before you prayed. (laughs) Paul says, Hey, I've been given this thing by the enemy. Be very clear. There's an enemy. And Paul very clearly articulates the enemy is responsible for this place, and this is how I fight my battles. Yeah. <laughs> so I prayed three times, and God went, hey, let me realign your perspective. You know about grace. Let me remind you. He prayed three times because this is illegal activity in his life, plain and simple. Doesn't exist. Thorns don't exist in heaven. We don't know what it was. Some, the, some, some theologians. The smart ones, the academic ones, they think it could have been his eyesight. He had, he had poor eyesight. We don't know what it was, but it was illegal. So it's, we, he wasn't making room for it. That's, not, that's what weakness does. That's when I'm weak, I am weak. When I'm weak, he is strong. That's what, that's we, that's what weakness does. It makes room. It creates different theology. It says, let me, let me build a theology around my weakness because that's more authentic. I'm prone to wander. You know, I feel it. Yeah. But Jesus said The reality is this. When I'm weak, I'm strong. Now let me put that on display, Devil. I um uh, Pray for you guys, but I, I have this uh, this memory. Uh, I was as we were as I was processing through today. I I was on staff at a church years ago, and and I uh, it's a long story. So the short version is, uh, I, I I jokingly will say sometimes that I experienced the ten things that a pastor doesn't want to experience uh, in a condensed season. You know, we had um, uh, and yet. Uh, all the way through. I'd asked God before the season, God, I want to know if this is true about you. Mm -hmm. Am I prone to wander? I'd been writing that book. Can I just become love? Can I walk in such intimacy that, that I can live confident regardless of circumstances? Can I discover you so purely that I can become love? I can walk into a room just like Jesus did and not have to try to love, but just be? I've said this, but a billionaire walks and sits down doesn't have to try to be rich. He's rich. He doesn't have to muster it up, muster it up, you know. Or muster it, or muster it. Or condiment it up. He doesn't have to do any of that stuff. I caught it, I caught it. If love walks in the room, love doesn't have to try to love. Anyway, I was at this church, and we had, uh, we had lots of stuff. We had staff stuff going. We had some infidelity in the staff. We had a campus that was leaving. We had, a, uh, we had a, 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 one of the other staff members was taking 600 people down the road to start a new church. We had a nervous breakdown by the first. I was the director of ministry, so the, the guy right above me, the senior pastor, he, had a, he disappeared for about six months, really for a year. And then the marriage, stu- it was just, it was rough. It was a rough season, and then on top of that, people, some people didn't like me. You know, some people liked me and some people didn't. And, and, and to be honest, it was fine. I, I got invited to a Facebook group at one point and found out that I have an annoying laugh. But other than that, you know, it was fine. Uh, they, they invited me to, to talk through things, but I, they didn't really want to talk through anything. But I, I'm, I'm telling you all of that. It's a brief story uh, just to give you a picture. I'm in the building and I'm, I've am i got a staff of 30 pastors not around and, and, it, and it's fine and I'm and i'm here and i'm in the middle of this storm right it's a, it's a pretty crazy storm and i remember getting in the elevator from we had our youth upstairs we had a part that was two story getting in the elevator and that was my favorite time of day the elevator it was like 30 seconds but it was 30 seconds where there was nobody and i was alone in the elevator and i so i, I got in the elevator and I remember I, I pushed the, the I, I closed the door and I waited a second before I pushed you know, one. There's only just one floor, you know. And I pushed the one floor. And I remember I put my head up against the the elevator wall and I said, God, I'm not the man you think I am. And he immediately said, Yes you are. <laughs> I'm proud of you, son, you're doing good. It was grace. You ever felt it i'm not the man you think i am i could i did i mean i would have never said it i didn't believe it but it came out of my mouth i was just so overwhelmed it literally came out of my mouth i was alone it was like one of those moments where just for a moment you had this and i just breathed out and it came out of my mouth god i'm not the man you, i don't i don't think i'm the man you think i am it was i was overwhelmed and he immediately responds with his grace his presence and he says yes you are <laughs> let me tell you right now you are the man you are the woman he thinks you are. You are the man, you are the woman, he thinks you are. And he purchased for you grace, identity, righteousness, peace, joy. He purchased for you the ability to be strong in your weakness. Go ahead and stand. I want to pray for you. You know this this line it's uh, surely
0: goodness and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever say more time surely goodness and love Kindness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever.
1: Father, I thank you right now. I thank you for sending your Son. I thank you that you purchased for us Jesus access to who you are and who you say we are father we repent right now for any place in our life where we don't see ourselves from your perspective i release grace over everyone in this room these are more than conquerors these are the saints of the highest ones these are righteous men And women, sons and daughters, these are friends of God. These are the yes of heaven. I declare identity. I declare grace over this house to see the way you see. We trust you. Only goodness and love from you. And we will live in that context, Father. We repent. We say that yes to who you are. Yes to who you say we are. And we live in that place. Even in the valley, we are strong because of you, Father. We thank you that in our weakness, we are strong. We thank you for what you purchased for us. I release strength over this house. I release grace over this house. And all of God's people said amen. 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 Love you guys.